David A. Please come home. All is well. We love you. And miss you. Maddie. Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now this is going to take several years as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are. And even if you have some trivia to disclose, our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. And we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's get started. Yeah, because I can't work it out. There's times where he's banging on the front door when Sam answers the door. Spoiler Mm -hmm. alert. Um, Mm -hmm. Or... Maybe he does come somehow through the side and through the window, through the balcony. Or maybe he does use Mr. Stickpin at the front door. Yeah. I don't know. There's many ways. If you want to get to yeah. Maddie, you can get to her. I guess so. You know, he can when he uh, when he really needs to. And he does yeah. twice in this episode. Mm. Uh, yeah, gosh, what a great little scene. I just love this scene. And especially love, Grace. When his hand slips over her mouth and she wakes up and he says, it's okay, it's okay. And she looks up and she sees it's him and her hand comes up and lightly touches his wrist. It's so nice, yeah. isn't it? It's really, really sweet and just like trusting and, oh, it's you, David. It's, this scene is like really emotional. And, you know, it's, sometimes I think... Um, Bruce or Sybil, they'll talk about Big Man and the emotional scenes that they had to do with each other in Big Man, you know, revealing scenes like when Maddie is in the hotel room and when he's talking about when, you know, he and Tess were pregnant and all of that stuff. This scene, though, this is their first really big emotional scene. And Bruce is really emotional in the scene and lots of tears. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they forget about this scene. They never talk about this scene. This whole episode, I think. Mm. is an episode that's not talked about enough because there are benchmark things that happen like the kiss. Yeah. That's huge for their relationship, but like revealing, you know, emotional, like different acting, even that Bruce and Sybil had to do with each other and stuff. And this whole scene is you can see the tears streaming down his face. You know, they're again, kind of like in, you know, when he shows up with Sam at the door, when he walks away, his tears are kind of mixed with the rain, yes. you know? 
kind of the same here. You know, he's all wet and like rain is streaming down his face, but there's tears. You can too. See. He's really upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Maddie is super sympathetic, even though she didn't want him to do it. She doesn't throw that in his face. No. She is totally there for him. As soon as she sees it's him, you know, even though he's waking her up, you know, in the middle of the night, wet, with his hand over her mouth and all this, you know, scary. <laughs> she touches his hand, his wrist lightly, and she's totally there for him. And he sits down and he's saying, I killed him. I don't, you know, again, we'll discuss that mm. when you know you didn't. But okay. But she like sits down next to him and is like, you didn't mean to. No, you didn't do it. Anything wrong? Maybe I didn't agree, but really sympathetic. So yes, I love the scene. I love how she's there for him. I love how emotional they are with each other. And yeah, what are your thoughts? I love this scene. I think it's the first time she has seen him so upset. That's why she's really sympathetic. And you're right. She's not saying, I told you so, which she could easily do. And I don't know what preparation he did for this scene, but whatever he did was good choice. It's another side of David Addison. You've never seen him so upset and sad and emotional. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Maddie has seen him like that either. So it's just a great scene. It's so deep and I love what he does in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love her support and her reaction and her sympathy. And he does tell Maddie, I couldn't do it. You know, I went there to try to tell him not to do this. And I'm just the guy who tripped over the cord kind of thing. So like, who knows what the interaction between him and the nurse was afterwards. She might've been adamant, like, no, you turned off the machine. You killed him because he almost gets in his mind. Like he starts to believe it. Like I did turn off the machine. So maybe I did have something to do with killing him. It's almost like it's getting in his head a little bit. Cause he's like, I did it, Maddie. I killed him. Yeah, I couldn't get that straight in my head. I'm thinking to myself, what's going through his mind? Does he actually think he killed him? Or does he think that it's his fault because he was too late, even though he was early? Right. Yeah. So I mean, somehow he's so upset that he thinks that he's somehow responsible anyway, whatever it is. And maybe the nurse had all sorts of accusatory things to say to him, you know? Mm. Because then he does kind of say... It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm a detective. I know enough to, you know, know what it looks like and what it's going to take for someone to be convicted. I was in the room. I turned the machine off and like she was there to see it. And like, that's going to be enough to do it. And Maddie tells him to go to the police, but he says, but tell them what, which is true because he says it will just incriminate him because he knows what convicts a person of a crime, fingerprints, witnesses, prior association with the deceased and an eyewitness who saw him crouching over the dead body. Exactly. So he feels like um, he's in a lot of trouble. And Sybil, she also looks like her face looks like she just woke up. You know what I mean? They Everything just looks so authentic. Her face looks so like fresh faced and, you know, just concern and just sympathy and everything. is. And not to mention the mood, as you said before, the rain, the thunder and the lighting to get yep. that right. It all adds to the quality of the scene. Really good. Yeah, the shadows and them kind of standing and just kind of looking at each other for a minute even. When the doorbell rings, this look on their face is like, oh, crap. Yep. The silent moments are great too. Yep. So Maddie grabs a robe and heads down the stairs because the doorbell has rung here in the middle of the night. There's red and blue lights coming through the window. Yeah, so we know it's the police, and uh, you want to talk about who's at the door? 
This actor is Michael McRae, and he's from Massachusetts. He's an actor known for Battlefield North in 2000, uh, Masterminds in 1997, and Summer School in 1987. And here's another link to, to Bruce. He's been married to Bonnie Bedelia since 1995. Get out what? of town. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's wild. Hmm. Cool. Um, his career began in 1974 with Gunsmoke. A lot of minor roles in TV series. He played Lawrence McKeever in Hill Street Blues. I remember him in that. What's the last thing he did? The last couple of things he did was there was a TV series in 2001 called The Division. He did um, nine episodes of that. But the last thing he did was in 2017, a very sordid wedding. Hmm. So it doesn't look like he's still working. But that's Michael McRae. And I, I really like how this scene is filmed as well. Just um, he's practically all in shadow. Even when he holds his badge out, you can't really see the face. You, can really, you can't really see the name. It's just kind yeah. of, you know. And he lights um, his cigarette. Yeah, lights his cigarette um, in shadow. Everything is kind of in shadow. You know, yeah, it's kind right. of that, like a film noir kind of feel. And yeah. Maddie is very protective of David. Very vague. Oh, well, he could be anywhere. Well, you'd have to ask him. Yes, very, very protective. I'd love to see that because it's usually David. We know David will protect Maddie, but sometimes we never know with Maddie because she doesn't want to lie. Maddie does not lie. So moral and everything. But hey, when push comes to shove, it's happening in this episode. We're seeing where her loyalties lie. But she's very careful what she's saying. She's very clever in the way she's responding to his questions. You know, she's not saying... No, I haven't seen him. Oh, well, you have to ask Mr. Addison about that. He could be anywhere. So the responses are very carefully calculated. You have a partner at the Blue Moon Detective Agency, David Addison? Yes. You wouldn't happen to know where he is, would you? Right now? Tonight, right now. Well, he could be anywhere. Is something the matter? Police business. Mr. Addison was at the Golden Hour rest home this evening, about 8 o'clock. Was he there on business? Business? Business. See a client, investigate a case? I'm sorry. You'll have to ask Mr. Addison about that. So anyway, she goes upstairs and David's gone. And all you see is the balcony doors open and the thunder and the rain and the water coming in. Wonder mm -hmm. where he went. And when she sees that he's not there, it kind of dawns on her that he's now on the run mm -hmm. and her tone changes a little bit. She kind of walks fire and she's like, Kind of a, like more of a longing. David? Yeah. You know. David, I just lied to a police detective. David! A little change in character there, you know, we're, we're quickly... Things are happening, so they're having to reveal more of their feelings for each other quickly in this mm -hmm. episode. And so now it's the next morning. And Maddie's uh, driving in her car. I love this scene as well. I swear there's just so many good little moments in this episode. Because the shot of Maddie driving in the car, and then they push in a little bit, and there's a bit of a tighter shot of her. And she looks deep in thought. And she gets kind of blinking her eyes, like she's getting a little bit emotional. And as she looks up, you see a glimmer of a tear as she puts on her sunglasses mm. so it's really 
great acting, nice shot, but you just catch that little glimmer, you you see it. And she's feeling like now what's going to happen from here? You know, David on the run, is he going to be there today? What am I going to find at work? Work is not going to be the same without him. Yeah. She's not going to see David. And that's definitely a different, like you said, work's not going to be the same that day. So she pulls into the parking lot and she parks and she walks and she (laughs) heading towards the elevator and the hand reaches out and grabs her and says, Hey, and David pulls her by his side behind the pillar there in the parking garage. And wow, the look of relief and happiness on her face. Yeah. She's so happy to see him. I don't think she was expecting to see him for a while. Nope. And he's kind of flirty. David. Yep. It's me, just hidden under an inch of scum. <laughs> oh, oh, in the flesh. In the flesh, that's what he says. Yeah, in the flesh, yeah. Yeah, and... so he couldn't go back to his house because apparently the police were watching his place. Car goes past, so he hides behind the pillar, and she's like, you're acting like a fugitive. And he's like, well, yes, I am a fugitive. But she's not happy when he tells her that he's leaving. He's going to go underground. She believes that they should be looking for the guy who actually did it. So she still believes that a guy actually did it. Mm. David thinks that the guy probably showed up on time but heard all the commotion and got the hell out of there Mm. because this all happened before 8 o'clock and the guy was supposed to be coming in at 8.05. So David's thinking, oh, he's showed up and left because he saw all the commotion going on. There's a few silent moments here too where they just look at each other. It's, It's really sweet. But then he begins to walk away and then you get that don't go, got to go, don't go, Mm got to go business. But before that, a couple of key lines, Yeah, you know, him saying that she's leaving and she's like, leaving, break into a person's house, into a person's life. Life, yes. And she says, I can't let you do that. You can't just go. There's too many unanswered questions. (laughs) Which I think, you know, a lot of this is bigger than the case. Yeah. Itself. But yes, then like you were saying, don't go, gotta go. Don't go. Gotta go. Don't go. Gotta go. Don't Don't go. Gotta go. Her eyes are very much like pleading, you know, and she's trying to find other solutions. Like, why are you doing this? We just go to the police and explain what happened. And he's like, not that simple, Maddie. And he looks really sad. I'm really sorry it turned out like this. I mean, his eyes are like watering, you know, lots of emotion in this episode. I'm telling you, it's like... We'll ever hear from you again. Are you going to write? Are you going to call? No, you don't write or call when you're underground. When you come back, you write. Big book becomes a big movie, (laughs) (laughs) which he is about to do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So then she says, come here, stupid. And they get, has a big hug. It's a beautiful big hug they have. Yes. Big hug. And she's crying. And he's saying, it's okay, it's okay, I'll be fine. And she's like, it's not that, you know. (laughs) She kind of ruins the moment, right? It's not that. Well, what then? You smell awful. How many times has she said that to him? She says that to him in Atlas Belch, too, when he's been at the tip. And she says it to him. And Maddie's turned to cry when they're sitting on the trunk. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's she's trying to say something else. Yeah, that's right. And it hurts him that she says that. And he you know, just turns and walks away. Is like, oh, well, screw you. Yeah. You know? I mean, after everything I've been through, what I'm doing, what's happened to me, I'm going underground, police are after me. And you say that? Really? Yeah. Yes. 
Not nice, Maddie. So it's no wonder he starts walking off. Yes. She knows that she heard him. So he starts walking off and come here, come here, wait. (laughs) I'm just kidding. And (laughs) a moment, a very, very pivotal moment in the series, Grace. Finally. Now who kissed who? Who they both did. Yeah. What I see is that he starts to lean in first. Okay. I didn't actually go in and pause it slowly to check that. I mean, she's definitely there for it. But uh, love that moment. But is it a great kiss? Don't even start me, Shauna. Go on. You want me to start? Seriously? You want me to start? (laughs) Yeah. And this is why we're here, right? Like, tell me all. You know what drives me nuts about moonlighting? I love moonlighting. I love Maddie. I love David. Yes. But when they kiss, why on earth do they hide it? Right? Now, (laughs) so you got this episode at the end of um, It's a Wonderful Job. At the end, they hide that. I don't even know if they're kissing. Oh, Um, yeah. The good one is in dream sequence. Y'all can deal with that. But this is like, yeah, they're kissing, but, you know, like, seriously, show me. I know. You know what I mean? And it's annoying because this purse, come on, they could have done another take where the purse wasn't. Oh, my God. That's what I wrote here. No. The sound of her handbag drives me nuts. Like, throw it on the floor. (laughs) I know. Yes, the leather is squeaking. The purse comes up and hides their lips. I know. You're right. They do hide a lot of the kisses. Like, at the end of uh, The Man Who Cried Wife, um, they're in the dark, basically. You can't see anything. Yeah, that's right. Um, At the end of The Straight Poop. Rona Barrett kind of walks in front yes. of us. So at the end of the straight poop, I can't see really if they're actually, they could be cheek to cheek for are. all I know. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they're not kissing. The best kiss is in the dream sequence. Yes. Or in tracks maybe. Or I guess in I Am Curious Maddie. Yeah. That's a separate thing. That's definitely okay. But, you know, like, show me some tongue or something, will you? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know. Get in there and, like, show me the mouths. Yeah, like... <laughs> You don't get tongue until um, season uh, four and five. Now, the listeners are probably thinking, why are you picking on this scene? This is their first real kiss. Shut up, you two. But it is their first real kiss, and that's great. It's wonderful. We're just so happy that that happened. Now, I don't remember watching this episode for the first time. Do you remember watching this episode for the first time and watching this scene and being shocked when it happened? Did you see it coming? Hmm. Good question. Because mm. I don't, I don't remember. I actually. think so. I think yes. I think it was a very big deal the next day. Like they kiss, they kiss, they kiss, they kiss. You know, it was always definitely make- a water cooler scene. Yes. Did you watch moonlighting last night. Uh huh. Exactly. You see, Maddie and David, they finally had the first kiss. Uh, I, I made my best friend in high school watch it so we could talk about it the next day. Yeah, I'm sure it was a shock. I don't remember specifically, but I do remember that it happened, and I'm sure it was surprising because who would see it coming? But would they have advertised it in any way that that was going to happen? I don't think so. Not that I remember. We haven't seen any. We have a lot of the advertisements. Mm. I don't know. I think they may have left that for like a surprise little nugget. Maybe Uh, some of our Moonies might be able to answer those questions and send us an email. Tell us your thoughts about the first time you saw the kiss in the garage. But also in true Moonlight, well, um, hold on. 
let's not move away from the kiss that quickly. Mm-hmm. It's the positive things about the kiss that it's just so spontaneous and they're so like drawn to each other that they can't help themselves. That's great. Mm-hmm. Sybil's, oh, sorry, Maddie's fingers on the back of his hairline. Yes. Her fingers kind of trace down. And she's always got her fingers in his hair, whether she's grabbing onto his hair or like running her fingers through. His hand is kind of up in her hair. They both look a bit like doe-eyed and starstruck. And when it's over, they're both like dumbstruck or whatever, you know, like caught off guard. Love that. Love the look in their eyes. And yeah, so there are good things about it. The bad things are, yes, the purse, the sound of the purse that you can't really see their lips and mouths. And yeah. The other thing I noticed too is after they've kissed, then there's a cut of her moving away from him in shock. Yeah. But yes. But you can tell it's not from having a kiss. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's like they've said, okay, action, but she's just close to him and then she comes out. I know, yes. So it's just a different cut, but that's just obvious to me that she's not kissing him. I know. Her uh, face is close and she kind of just backs up. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And is it even him? I hate to say that. Sorry, people, if it's. Uh... That's, you know, ruining things. You only see the very back of this person's head. It might be Bruce. Hopefully they're there for the big moments. I hope they are. But you only see the back of this man's head. You don't see Bruce's face at all in the scene that you're talking about where she's just pulls back looking shocked. No, I thought it was him. Okay, it could be him. I'm just saying like a lot of times when you only see a back of a head, it's not always them. I would think that for a kiss, they would both be there and show up for that. So I'm going to say it's them the whole time. But, okay, so then she's like, what was that? What was what? That, that, the kiss, you know? To me, Maddie is more like, this was something. And David is a little bit like, what was what? Kind of cooling it off. So I was going to say, in true moonlighting fashion, because they can never let us be happy for more than a minute. (laughs) You know, David kind of balks and they argue, you know, I didn't do that. You did. No, you did. You did. Well, if I didn't and you didn't, then... It didn't happen. So right away, they're just like, oh, that kiss didn't happen. It's like, ah, come on. We've waited all the way through two seasons. You give us a kiss, and now you're trying to, like, take it away immediately. I hate that. (laughs) Glenn, you're killing us. I'll call. All right. Come here, stupid. Just fine. That's not that. What then? You smell awful. Hey, I didn't mean it. Come here. Hey, I was only kidding. Come here. What we just did. What was that? I don't know. I didn't do it. You tell me. What was that? What do you mean you tell me? It wasn't me. It was you. I didn't do it. You did it. I did not do it. Well, I did not do it. Well, if you did not do it, I did not do it. I guess it, it didn't, didn't happen. happen. Yeah, they really like try to drive us crazy on the show. I'm telling you. Oh yeah, bad, so, bad. <laughs> well, Scott Ryan has a term for it, doesn't he? Like torture television or punishment television. I think he says. <laughs> 
Thank you for supporting us, Moonlighting fans. We hope you are enjoying our episodes, and if you feel so inclined, Shauna and I would be very appreciative if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so that we know we're on track with our content and continue to provide you with a great experience. They were like the kings and queens of punishment television. You can never, ever, ever bask in the glory of your couple being together. Ever. Ever, Grace. Yes, I know. I mean, in other scenes, it's her that stuffs up the nice moment. But in this scene, they both ruin the moment. How about you accept what just happened? It happened for a reason because you are attracted to each other. You love each other. And now you're saying it didn't happen? Right, that's it. I'm done. I'm done, Shauna. (laughs) No, you're not. You're not going anywhere, Grace. We've promised everyone that we were going to see out all five seasons and we are committed we so are committed i'm like only kidding not. listeners i'm only I kidding know. <laughs> well, i know that and hopefully they do too now you know what i just realized was kind of funny is um what do they do you know after they slept together they do the same thing after i'm curious maddie i know um, to eris human you and I were the only two who were there. If we say it didn't happen, then it didn't happen. Why are they always trying to deny everything like that? Yeah. Very annoying. See, that's what gets so aggravating for real is you can never bask in it. You know, you finally get them to sleep together. And the very next episode, they're just like, no, let's just say it didn't happen. Anyway. We so, need a pact, Shauna. Yes, we need a pact. At least you and I have uh, made a pact to complete moonlighting the podcast. Yes. We've made a pact to complete it no matter how frustrating the show gets. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no matter what they put us through, we are going to see this out and even go straight through season five, Grace. That's it. Like and a torpedo. Gonna, yeah, like a torpedo. We're going to force listeners to hear all about season five, which they're not going to like, but <laughs> we're committed. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. I'll call. And- right. And they both say goodbye, and he blows her a kiss. There's beautiful music that completes the scene as well. Really nice music. Gotta go. Okay, go. I'll call. Right. Right, call. it's so cute and sweet and I don't know some part of me thinks you know David he's just saying like he's agreeing it didn't happen um, because he knows he has to leave and maybe it'll make it easier I think Maddie wanted him to say I, I don't know I think Maddie was more invested in that kiss than he was but maybe he couldn't be because he was leaving yeah I don't know so there's mixed emotions there wow. didn't quite know yeah. how to feel I guess the other thing yeah. about this scene too it's very different to their other scenes where it's not fast paced Um, yeah so the next scene is maddie at the nursing home and the orderly is letting her into the crime scene but asking her not to touch anything yeah in the room it's interesting how the whole time it's a walk and talk but the camera is only on maddie 
you don't see the orderly until he has to open the door. Yeah, that's right. And she's that's paid true. him $100 to get into the room and he's told her not to touch anything. The camera follows her around um, looking at the room, the photos of the family, the television, his slippers facing the bed, and then she goes over to the respirator, which shows all the fingerprint powder. Every wow. time I see this scene, it reminds me of an episode of Murder, She Wrote because okay. it was exactly the same aha moment where Jessica Fletcher realises that the slippers were facing the bed and she's realised that. Really? Yeah, it's exactly the same. Yep. Funny. So I haven't looked up, I didn't have time to look up the episode to see whether that was done before Moonlighting or after because yeah. Murder, She Wrote went from 84 to 96, I think. It went for 12 years, but I can't remember which episode it was, but it was exactly the same thing. You know how you know how Jessica Fletcher has these aha moments going, oh, my God, I know who the murderer is, you know, and it was the slippers facing the, the hospital bed. So a couple things that tip Maddie off are when she's walking down the hallway, she sees another orderly helping a patient into his bed and the way that he's helping him, the way he's facing, you know, slippers wouldn't be facing that way. And then, yes, they very much zero in on the slippers a couple times and show the way that they're facing. So they're just cluing us audience members into, hey, look at this. So then. And then okay. Lieutenant Tapia shows up. Oh, that's right. It sounds like David, well, he says someone, but what he's saying is that David has gone to Blue Moon last night. Okay, so Tappy has gone to Blue Moon. Nobody was there, but I don't know how we got in if nobody was there. But anyway, um, he went into David's office and found that there were drawers open and the bathroom light was on. So he's saying somebody left in a hurry. So in other words, your partner has been at Blue Moon to freshen up. And he said the prints came back, the prints are on the knobs of the respirator. And he shows her the warrant for David's arrest for the murder of Lawrence Everett. And it's funny, while they're talking to each other, it's sort of like the conversation she had with her mother in Every Daughter's Father is a Virgin, where we both know that you know where David is and you have seen him, but he's just being sarcastic. So he knows that she knows where he is. Mm -hmm. And um, so he basically says at the end. Um, a warrant for his arrest for the murder of Lawrence Everett. That being the case, I'm sure you will be in touch as soon as you have something to tell me. So now we're at Maddie's home. She's lying yeah. in bed and yeah. wakes up and boom. How many times has she done that? Got up straight up. The slippers. The slippers. Yeah, they love that shot where she's like suddenly sits up in bed. Yeah. Yeah, I love the bloopers of those ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's funny. Um, she's wearing her um, Somewhere Under the Rainbow PJ. Oh, is she? Okay. Yeah, I've noticed this silky um, pyjama top she's wearing. Yeah, you can tell by the um, strap. Anyway, she has like lots of outfit changes in this episode. Yeah, earlier on it's a pyjama top, then later on it's a strappy nighty or something. So it's Yeah. Different. At this least they has... didn't use the same cut like they did in the last episode. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this one has lace as a thicker strap with lace, and the next one is like a spaghetti strap. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. All right, so she decides to go to Amy's house at three in the morning to ask her why her father never told anyone that he could walk. But she tricks her into telling her the truth that he actually could walk. She asks her to leave, but Maddie is adamant and she explains the theory about the slippers. But Amy gets upset. Please, Miss Hayes, my father has just been murdered. But, of course, Maddie, boom. I think your father just committed suicide. Yes. Um, she needs to get that real clear because she needs to clear David, David's name and get him home because she's yeah. over this. So yeah. Maddie tells Amy the real reason why her father came to their office and Maddie pleads with her to tell the authorities the truth about him being able to walk. And Maddie's really emotional when she's thinking about David and says, I know you've lost someone that meant a great deal to you, but I'm losing someone too. Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly is. So it looks like she talked her into it and um, the next morning is the same morning because it's 3 o'clock in the morning, but she goes to Tapia's office and it's hilarious, this police station. Oh, I know. Yeah. The guy with the mullet, she goes up to him and says, I'm looking for Lieutenant Tapia and I love the guy, you know, with his dark glasses and his blonde hair and his mullet and he just points. I know. And he's almost, uh, he almost looks like the guy who was uh, the creepy guy in the pilot. Yeah, without the hair. <laughs> yeah, without the spikes. And Maddie, yeah, she almost gets run into there. Like, it's crowded there. Lots of workers. She walks into a doorway that says homicide. Yeah. So she tells Lieutenant Tapia that um, Lawrence Everett could walk. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? She tells the lieutenant that Mr. Everett's daughter saw him walk the day before he died. From his dresser back to his bed, it wasn't easy, but he did it. But Amy asked him about it and he got angry and denied it ever happened because obviously he'd been, maybe he'd been practicing doing that and planning the whole thing for a while, probably doing his own therapy, (laughs) teaching himself how to walk again. True. Then the lieutenant Orders the life support equipment redusted. Ms. Tapia, tell Levitar I want Lawrence Everett's life support equipment redusted. I'm looking for a second set of prints. Now, please. Really? If you're <laughs> testing for prints, what are you doing? You're only yeah. testing for one? So why wouldn't they have found Lawrence yeah. Everett's fingerprints an hour ago? <laughs> you would think so. And that's when the lieutenant finally says, If all this pans out, you can tell your partner to come in out of the cold. And she's like, I'd like to, Lieutenant. I just wrote, like, Maddie sounds very dramatic there. Yeah, the biggest sigh of relief on her face. That's what I'm saying. And she, she like, closes what? her eyes okay. and she's like, oh, thank God. I know, yes, yes. Finally, like, cracking the case, you know. She underestimates yeah. what a good detective she is, you know. 
I know she is. And she goes in there and she finds a ways to, you know, she pays the guy, she gets in there and yeah, yeah. She's very, very, very dramatic though about, Mm. and because she wants that David back, she got a taste of a little kiss, you know? And now, you know, what's funny is um, with the outfits, it's like, (laughs) just my mind, I guess. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The mind reels. The mind reels, you know, Um, I just see, it's like a, a parade of other episodes with all of her outfits to me, because I think the purple outfit that she wore to Amy's is what she wore when they went ditch digging in somewhere under the rainbow. Yeah, and then nice. she's wearing the lacy nighty from rainbow. And when she shows up, um, I think the pink dress in the beginning, she wears in the straight poop, this yellow outfit that she wears in the next scene when she goes to blue moon and then looks in David's office, she wears in yours very deadly. And there's probably some others. But well, yeah, that's I just good. as I've said before, I like how they reuse her outfits. Yeah, it's more authentic. Yeah, for mm. sure. I don't know. Maybe it's a little game I play with myself. Like, what other episodes did she wear this in? Yeah, you're good at that. You're good at um, noticing which outfit is used in which episode. Like a little game I play with myself, you know? So Maddie's at Blue Moon. She looks at David's office, kind of, you know, he's still not there. He's still not back. Just kind of showing us where they're at with everything. You know, David's still gone. Yeah, so this is obviously after working hours. This is at night. Yeah. Um, and she walk. yeah, you're right. She she walks in David's office and just looks at his desk and just looks there and place is empty without him. Yeah, everything's dark. She's not used to seeing the office empty and him not sitting at his desk making a smart ass remark as he always does. Yeah. <laughs> or a cheeky one. Do you think it's after or do you think it's well, things are dark? I'm just thinking she's in there calling all the newspapers is she there early morning before everybody well the thing is i thought of that but she's wearing the same thing i know but doesn't didn't she get there like real early and then she's calling all the newspapers saying i want to place this ad like you wouldn't be calling at night to place no, ads that, in a new- yeah that's true but i just get the impression this is at night because then she goes home and he comes out of the shadows okay but it still could be morning when she got there and looked in this office, and then she spent the day placing the ad in the newspapers, and then she goes home and up at night. I'm looking. All right, so she's got the purple suit with Amy. Then she's got the grey suit at the police station. And then she's got a yellow suit on. Oh, she's got a yellow. Yeah, it's different. So maybe it's a morning. My impression was. So that means where did that day go? Okay, so a day's missing then. Okay, so if you're saying that's the morning. She's got the, the yellow outfit when she comes home at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's a different outfit. I can see it. Then the police station, you mean? Like the grey outfit and then she's wearing the yellow. Yeah, because it's confusing because she leaves the police station in that grey suit and then she shows up at Blue Moon with a yellow suit. So because mm-hmm. it was dark, I couldn't yeah. tell whether it was early morning or late at night. So yeah. Yeah, it's a different outfit. So let's just say it's the next day. The next morning, you're saying. So she rings the um, newspapers. I just found it unusual because she's never the first one there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe like we we were saying earlier in the episode, but maybe she got there real early, early, early because she was going to like place these ads in the paper. I don't know. You know, moonlighting timelines, who knows? Plus, this episode is full of really, really short scenes and Maddie has a different outfit on. Yeah. It's like a pajama, her yellow pantsuit, 
yeah. a gray suit at, you know, the detective, a yellow suit at work. And then, you know, <laughs> and, and on and on and on. I mean, she's got nine outfits, at least in this episode. When she's in her office, she go, obviously she goes to see David first, right? Mm-hmm. Then she walks into her office and I like the short pause. It's like action and she's just sitting there and you're looking at her thinking, what, what is she, why isn't she doing anything? Yeah. Um, then I'm thinking, why is she thinking of David? Then I thought, oh, maybe she's thinking about what she has to say in the paper. Yeah. Maybe she's thinking about what to put in the paper. Yeah. And I love the message. David A., Please come home. All is well. All is well. We love you. We love you. We love you. And miss you. Maddie. 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 So cute. And you know what makes me laugh? Thank you. I'll send the check right out. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I'll send the check right out. The check's in the mail. <laughs> exactly. That's in the mail. I know. We love you and miss you. She does. It's sweet. So sweet. But yeah. she covers herself by saying we. We love you. I know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. On behalf of Blue Moon signed. Detective Agency. I know. Yeah. It's only signed Maddie. It's not signed Blue Moon. That's right. But anyway, I was also thinking like when she got home that night, the house is just so like, it needs a family. It needs David. It needs like life. You know, it's just like dark and looks lonely and kind of cold. And she just goes up to her bedroom straight away and goes to bed. You know, Maddie, she probably like took a bath. And that's why we love the scenes when they come home together. I know. She just goes upstairs. Like I said, uh, just kind of dark and cold and needs some life in there. She's just kind of walking even like she's um, a bit forlorn. And then we get that same shot where, you know, the, the rain and the thunder. And it was ra- really raining a lot in L.A. those couple of days. And then the pan across the wall and the pan, with all of her pictures and everything across the floor, across the bed. We see lightning, thunder. Maddie is in bed and more of like a strappy, a thinly strapped, you know, spaghetti yes. strap kind of. Yeah. And she rolls on her back again and saying, you know, kind of repeats the scene from before where David his hand comes and covers her mouth again. Why does he always have to cover her mouth like that? <laughs> Who cares if she screams? They're, they're the only ones there. <laughs> but it was a great idea to do that because it's up to you to decide what she replies. Yeah. The first time he puts his hand down, this is what I think she says. Um, yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> That's what yeah. I think she said. Yeah. So he said he's that going underground wasn't what he thought it would be. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Okay, all right, I admit it. I ran into some trouble. Going underground is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's not like you can ask anybody directions. I'm getting the hang of it, though. Like yesterday, hitched the back road to the edge of town. Mm-hmm. Had a conversation with a skinny dog. Mm-hmm. Opened a can of beans with my teeth. Mm-hmm. All right, it was a bag of beans. After dinner, I went down a railroad tracks to hop a freight train. Mm-hmm. It was okay. None of the other vagabonds would talk to me, though. Found out you're not supposed to eat your beans before you hop the freight train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too much farting on the train, I gather. Yeah. yeah now he really smells awful. <laughs> <laughs> now he really does smell. Yeah. Anyway, everything was rolling along. 
Then the train stopped. End of the line. And he's back in Vegas. I know. He only got as far as Vegas. Oh, that's so funny how it's just come full circle. He's just back in Vegas again. Yeah, that's really that's great. That's great. Except this time he's a bum. I know. This is so good. I'm broke, Maddie. Say something, will you? Ah, oh, David. I'm broke, Maddie. Say something, will you? Oh, David. Does that mean you'll give me the money? You know what? I slowed that down to see if it was her because you can't really tell. I hope yeah. it was. I think it was, actually. Yeah? Oh, good. I think it was. I kind of stopped it too. Yeah, I think it was. I love how she pushes him back off the bed. Love I know. It so good. Does that mean you're going to lend me the money? <laughs> I just want to know what happened from there. That's what I want to know. It's like, what, they go have tea or something? I mean, come on. How dare the director say cut after that scene? Nope, that's all we get to see. They can leave it up to our imagination, and we have lovely imaginations when it comes to David and Maddie. We do, we do. Especially Shauna. I do. I just (laughs) dream about about them all day. (laughs) Yeah, a little overactive imagination, I think. Come join our Facebook community at Fans of Moonlighting the Podcast and our Instagram community at Moonlighting the Podcast. And another full circle moment. He's back in the bathroom the next morning at Blue Moon, shaving, right? He has, uh, does he have shaving cream on again? Oh, he's in the middle of shaving, isn't he? Because I know you see his dimple, little, cute little dimples later. He's just got a bit of shaving cream. All right. Yeah, because he was getting quite the beard. And she knocks yeah. on his bathroom door. Yes. Hello. And he says hello. And she goes, so safe and sound. Not even a scratch. Not even a scratch. And they are all smiles. They're all like beaming yeah. and smiles. And like they just can't like stop beaming and smiling at each other. And dimples are flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good until it turns bad. But anyway, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. So she yeah. invites him into her office to catch up on a few things. But then... They call out each other's names and she comes back in. Yes. Mediocre minds think alike. This is a line that is oft quoted line. Uh, we, we say that a lot to each other, us in the moonlighting group anyway. So each one of them wants to talk about the kiss. Yeah. I think Maddie does. Maddie's more curious about like the feel, you know, what was that and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Don't you think? She she yeah. seems more disappointed that he's not taking it anywhere from here, which I find interesting. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, About the garage. About the garage. What did you? Me? No, I just sort of wanted to say um, you first. No, you first. Okay. All right. About the garage. Well, well, what? Well, that is what you came back in here to talk about, isn't it? No. What about the garage? Nothing about the garage. It was a farewell hug, a goodbye kiss. This happens to be a false alarm, that's all. Next time I leave you forever, you won't have to go to the trouble because you already have credit for this one. (laughs) So he's downplaying it. He's like, 
goodbye kiss, a farewell hug, you know, think nothing of it kind of thing. Yeah, but so did she. She started that, and that's why he said that, because she says, what about the garage? She shouldn't Mm -hmm. have said that. As soon as she said that, he went, right, okay, sideways. Okay, you're not interested. Mm -hmm. I'll just make up some bullshit, and now you've got credit for that now. You don't need another kiss. Yeah, but she walks away like, "Mm, okay, I don't know. But he was like, whoa, wait, 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 You know, when she seems disappointed, yeah. he's like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. Yeah. They're both guilty of not. Guilty for sure. Like, Me say? You say? Well, it was pretty much the same thing. Oh, Maddie. Oh, Maddie's Maddie. bigger and bigger. Oh, <laughs> I just want to walk into that office and slap them both out. I agree. I'll be right behind you. It's, it's sort of really sad at the end because she walks out of his office and he closes the door to the bathroom. And I think they're just sitting there both regretting what they just said. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, totally. Now they've kind of closed the door on it. Literally, they both close the door, right? Yeah, literally, yeah. The door is closed on it. And yeah, she kind of leans against it and is like sighs. He goes into the steamy bathroom, shuts the door and they pause on him going, okay. <laughs> They're not sure, you know, they want to take, maybe take it somewhere. They're kind of excited about the idea, but neither of them wants to do it first. And that's Maddie and David. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to make the first move. Nobody wants to be shut down in a real way because he will put himself out there Yeah, when he's pretty sure she's going to shut him down. And Maddie's mm-hmm. not sure what direction it will take. I mean, she's had dates that have canceled because they're getting married. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But she's kind of excited at the idea. I mean, it excites them both a little bit. You know, you can tell. They don't know where to take it and nobody's really willing to step up. Yeah. And at the end, they're both disappointed how that conversation ended because they're really into each other now. It's obvious. Yep. And yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, this episode is forcing them to reveal their feelings very quickly for each other because there is some jeopardy of losing each other. Yes, that's right. It's the old saying, you want what you can't have. And that's how Maddie was in this episode because he was framed mm-hmm. for a crime. He was done. He was done and dusted. He was going to go to jail and she wasn't going to see him again. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. So she wants there's, it both ways. There's so many unanswered questions and uh, or just disappear forever. That was a possibility too. Jail or disappear forever. But yeah, break into a person's home, break into a person's life. Very telling words. They've really kicked the door open here, but then the door was closed a bit at the end. As they do. Yes, that's our show. So that was a a great episode of Maddie singing happily, Maddie Loves Mondays, The Wobblies Get a Gig. Yeah. David with a bad hangover. David sits on Maddie's lap. If Maddie calms down, she'll be mad. Plenty of door slams, plenty of desk slamming, David telling Maddie what a real weekend is. A tuba player from Des Moines. David gets married in Vegas, or does he? Plenty of gotchas. David thinking he's 19 again. Agnes gets a door slam. An old man in a wheelchair. Maddie doesn't want to take the case. Knowledge that a murder will occur. $25,000 in a folder. Again, they didn't offer their fee, Shauna. Yep. A bathroom that's good and steamy. Boxer shorts with hearts. An unshaven David. David barks at Agnes. Maddie takes charge. The Rolling Stones, the Mamas and the Puppers. Knobs on a respirator. A pen out of ink. David goes underground. David gets into Maddie's house. Again. Thunder and rain. David is a fugitive. A pair of slippers. A blonde mullet. 
Maddie puts ads in the personals. Maddie sends the check right out. Maddie's beautiful staircase. Maddie's missing David. David's conversation with a skinny dog. And, and the most important thing, Shauna, Maddie and David's first kiss. Oh, yes. And mediocre minds thinking alike. All right. So I counted five door slams Mm -hmm. in this episode and I counted eight outfit changes. Did you count nine, Shauna? I counted nine. Let me go through them. All right. Outfit one, let's see if we agree. Um, Outfit one is the pink dress and jacket that she's wearing. Outfit two comes a little later. There are so many outfit changes. Outfit two uh, is is her pajamas Mm -hmm. um, that she's wearing uh, when David wakes her up first time. Outfit three is Maddie's white outfit. Outfit four is the nightgown that she's wearing from Rainbow. Oh, that's what I've missed. Okay. Okay. I missed that one. Outfit. Five is the purple pantsuit mm-hmm. um, that she probably wore in Rainbow as well that she um, wears to Amy's. Um, the gray outfit that she wears to the police station mm-hmm. um, the next day. Number seven is the yellow outfit that she wears to work uh, when she's putting ads for David. Number eight is her pajamas when David wakes her up again, spaghetti straps. And nine is the pink outfit that she's wearing in the end. It's a lot of outfit changes for that episode, don't you think? Yeah. So nine outfit changes... The last one that had as many was Somewhere Under the Rainbow where she had eight. Oh, wow. And before that she had 15 in Dream Sequence. Oh, wow. Yeah, no surprise for that one. One thing I haven't mentioned is the title of the show, Witness for the Execution, is a reference to Witness for the Prosecution, which is a 1957 um, Mm. mystery thriller film co-adapted and directed by Billy Wilder. And it starred Tyrone Power, Marlena Dietrich and Charles Lawton and Elsa Lanchester. Now, Elsa Lanchester, I don't know if you remember, is the Bride of Frankenstein that's in Bride of Tupperman. Oh. I actually only watched this a few months ago and, oh, my God, such a good movie with a great twist at the end. So I'm not going to say any more about that. You can stream it. I had to pay. I think I rented it for five bucks or something. But, yeah, great movie. Witness for the Prosecution. Okay. Uh, Summary of Moonlighting so far. We are up to 68 door slams. We're still 10 feet out of the elevator. We've still got 13.5 rhymes from Agnes. And we're only three episodes away from the end of season two. Yeah, there were quite a few references in this episode. We had the reference of Witness for the Prosecution, Lassie Come Home, Sympathy for the Devil, Soupy Sales, Monday Monday, The Electric Light Bulb, Amarillo Slim, The Truant Officer, and that's it. That was a great episode with lots of references. I loved it. But is it in your top 10, Shauna? Oh, hell yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) How could it not be? What a bloody silly question, Grace. (laughs) How could I even ask that? Well, is it in yours? Bloody oath it is. (laughs) It's a great episode. Gosh. I mean, and, come on. And the reason why, it's not only about the kiss, but there's so many tense emotional scenes in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, the scene with uh, Lawrence Everett, emotional Maddie worrying about David, David's scene in, in with Maddie in the bedroom. I mean, 
such good acting in this episode and it it really brings a tear to the eye and Lawrence Everett's story of his life I mean who doesn't love a beautiful story like that you know a life well lived yeah from beginning to end there's so many lovely moments beautiful moments and um, great emotional scenes like Glenn says the only real jeopardy is of the heart and this episode really shows that the only real jeopardy is that they might lose each other and they were forced to really explore that possibility in this episode, which is amazing. And gosh, our first kiss. So that is a big milestone reached for Moonlighting. It's now time for Moonlight Mail. So we have a wonderful email about this very episode from Mandy. And the title is Witness for the Execution. She says, hi, ladies. When you talk about this critical classic episode, can you please mention how everything is a matter of life and death? When Maddie catches the elevator seeing Monday, Monday, she is bright and full of life and excitement for the day. When we see David, he is like death, hungover, disheveled, dirty, and barely conscious. As the episode proceeds, we meet their client, Mr. Everett, also at death's door. Maddie and David argue over life and death, euthanasia, responsibility for Everett's life and death, dying with dignity. Maddie says, if David does this, he does it alone. Her agency is not involved. Another death. The severance of their partnership, if only on this case. David thinks he kills Mr. Everett and goes to Maddie. It's death for Everett, literally. This is life and death for David. Maddie is his life and prison is his death. Maddie protects David by lying to Lieutenant Tapia, though not very well, LOL, which breathes momentary life back into the relationship. But David leaves without saying goodbye, and that's another death. The best part is in the parking garage, of course. The stakes couldn't be higher. Their final goodbye to the life that was and that will never be and the death of a beautiful friendship, working relationship, and possible love affair of monumental proportions. They have their first kiss after a tender hug, and after Maddie cries at the thought of losing him, death. Another death, the crumbling of her suit of armor. She lets her true feelings show, and that is life-affirming to the relationship. After a bad joke in an intimate moment, they grab each other and plant the most passionate, desperate kiss on one another. Life! all caps, exclamation points, the birth of a new chapter in their relationship, but a death because David will be gone and they'll never see each other again. After they kiss, they have the best banter in Moonlighting history, concluding together that it didn't happen, striking a death blow in the moment and reducing its significance to nothing. Though with every look they share, it's obviously not nothing, life. To me, what is so amazing about this kiss is A, the drama and the way she spins him around and he pulls her to him and she leaps into his arms. B, the sound of the leather purse as she squeezes him tight. C, their breathing. D, the way she slides her fingers in his hair and sets her down gently. Best life or death kiss ever. Mm -hmm. Ladies, is it just me or does the post kiss editing seem out of joint? Like it doesn't quite match when Maddie pulls away from David. <laughs> you yeah, saying, that's what I said, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. just after the kiss. That cut has always bothered me. Even when I was 11 years old, it looked strange to me. Maddie is left alone to solve the mystery, but still clings to hope to bring David home, life. She takes out ads in the classified section of three newspapers, but carefully says, we love you and miss you, Maddie, not I love you, which is the biggest life and death realization in the episode. They are more than friends. There's love between them now that cannot be denied any longer. 
Maddie pleads with Everett's daughter to tell the truth because she is losing someone too. Here, Maddie is desperate to keep hope alive that she can save this relationship from certain death. And she does. David returns and so does life. She declares, oh, David, and tackles him in a life-affirming embrace. They are both afraid of their new feelings. It's a death of the old relationship, and now they are faced with a new bond, life. They still can't discuss it in the final scene of the episode, which is stifling the growth of the new relationship, a mini death. And we end on each of them staring into space, dreaming of the moment and what it means. Of course, this is in my top 10. It is a perfect episode in every way and follows the theme of life and death exquisitely. Ladies, can you please tell me about the pig earring David wears in the hungover scenes? We had that game in my home growing up, but I think I was too little to play it. And I don't remember what it was called. There were two pink little pigs and I think you rolled them like dice and you got points for whatever way they landed. Like if they were standing up or laying on their side, I really don't remember it, but I know it was in my house. LOL. Can you guys figure out what game it is? If so, you are even more awesome than words can say. Thanks for letting me contribute. Love the podcast so much. Keep up the great work, Mandy. And one other thing she says, (laughs) almost forgot. In Witness for the Execution, you've just got to make fun of the continuity nightmare that is David's shaving cream. On and off and on and off. There, then gone, then there again. On his chin, not on his chin, on his neck, not on his neck. And what about the twisted strap of his tank top? Yes. Mandy, we have covered it. Yes. Jeez, this must have been hard to edit. Love you guys. Keep slamming those doors, Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. That is amazing. Great email. Mandy, and- she agrees with what I said. I'm sorry, Mandy. I actually haven't, sorry to say this, but I haven't read those emails. It must sound like I've read your emails and discussed it on this episode, but we've observed the same thing. So that's great. And I had read this email a while ago and I had searched that game that you were talking about, Mandy. It rings a bell for me too. Um, I don't know. All I can find though is like pass the pig or pig game or piglet dice. I don't know. I remember that where you would roll it and get points for the way that they landed. I remember uh, once you described that past the pig, I think maybe it was called. I don't know. Anyway. Actually, I've just looked it up. I can see. Is it pop the pig? There's past the pigs? Pig? Maybe just pig? I don't know if anybody knows out there. Well, there's two games here. uh, Pop the pig game or pass the pig's dice game. Yeah, I I don't know which one it is. Or maybe both. Maybe either one cute (laughs) that was fitting thanks mandy thank you mandy for that detailed email we appreciate you taking the time to express your thoughts on moonlighting yes perfect email for this episode yeah good timing all right shauna so what's next week's episode all right next week's episode is season two episode 16 sleep talking guy that's a really great episode as well which aired on the first of april 1986 so we'll see you then shauna Well, until next time, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to to Moonlighting the Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.